Hello, listener. What you're about to hear is a What Are We Do Show patron unlock. This is material which our Patreon supporters have early access to. If you'd like to experience these episodes when they're at their freshest, become a What Are We Do Show patron today at patreon.com slash W-A-R-U-I-D-E-S-H-O-U. Ladies, gentlemen, and MBs, and welcome to Warrior Dash Show's second stream, the premium hour of premium podcasting goodness. Uh, just unfortunately, it's not necessarily about a premium show. I'm maybe, you know, tipping my hand a little bit earlier on my thoughts on uh, Kabuki Cho Sherlock as it happens. But then again, if you've been following this podcast for a while now, you'll know that I've not been entirely fond of it. But that's just me being cruel to be kind, you know. Anyway, uh, I'm Shaden, and as always, joining me, you know, from across the ocean, but close to my heart, it is, of course, the Soul Doctor. You singed my ears with that with that bird that you just gave Kabuki Cho Sherlock. I'm always been, I'm always spitting hot fire around here. It's, it's my one. It's my superpower, you know. I can breathe fire, but only when I'm talking down a microphone, and only in the sense that I critique stuff. As long as you don't take off the swimsuit. Oh. Well, uh, that unfortunately does happen uh, for one character in this episode, uh, without his permission, but, well, it was amusing. That's the episode Although title, I will say by this... the way. Yeah, no, it <laughs> well, is, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this right. I thought we were done with the Shercock. <laughs> we were. I know, you know, I thought that was, like, I thought we were doing that, but now we've got the watch long. <laughs> the Watts ass. Just yes. hanging out. Yeah, well, and the the shirt okay, is, is that the new is that the new peer to peer messaging <laughs> system for people who want to do you know sexting? What's yep. that? <laughs> and, and also, and yes, the shirtcock did threaten to make an appearance. Uh, no, thankfully, it did not appear. Like, there's only so many times that can appear before the show becomes like you know un unbroadcastable, <laughs> like. <laughs> it's it's off the shelves like it won't appear ever again except on the dirtiest nastiest torrent site on the internet but anyway uh so folks at home this is of course our second stream format so if you're not familiar with this if you're joining us late in the game uh second stream is where we strip away all of the plot summary apart from where it's relevant for context or talking points and instead just focus on the meat of it like getting down into the nitty-gritty of a show and talking about like how it works themes ideas construction all that sort of stuff we're just going to skip right to the good stuff if you will 
So with that in mind, uh, I'm going to pass the baton over to Doc to start off this week when we cover episode eight, which just to give you some context, by the way, is a direct continuation of episode seven. I know that might sound surprising, but Sherlock this far has been mostly serialized uh, as in the episodes like with some exceptions of little notes here and there, you could probably watch them out of order without too much consequence. But this is definitely a straight up follow up kind of so yeah yeah they definitely did another thing where they kind of go roundabout rather than straight ahead but i i will mention that uh a a little bit later because i think they sort of do that twice in us in this episode they they kind of come back around to a couple different things, or they take the long way around on a couple different um, plot points. But um, I, I, Shadon, I quite like this episode. Uh, I was into it. I thought it was very fun. Um, and I think that's the result of two things. I think that is is the result of the content of the episode being fun. Um, but it's also the result of my expectations shifting um, for mm. this show. So you had mentioned to me off mic that the first time you watched the show, it kind of washed over you a little bit. And I do mm-hmm. think that that is entirely fair because I don't think the show has done a great job thus far of rewarding um, the kind of... Attentive viewing. Yeah, that yeah. kind of investment. Um and so, and I also don't think it's been a particularly good example of, and, you know, please object if you feel uh, differently, Shadon, or anyone in our Discord, uh, because as I've said, I'm not a big connoisseur of detective fiction, of, of mystery stories, but I don't feel like this has been a particularly good detective show. If you, you, Well, if I, if, if I may just say, like, you know, when the biggest mystery is about the show is what were the writers thinking when they were making it, you know they fucked up somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Going meta with the mystery. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think looking at it from that lens, it's not great. So I have ceased to look at the show from that lens. I've also ceased to, like, I, I know a big a bee in your bonnet has been the tone thus far, and... I think us being a third of the way through the show gives us license to make a few judgments about the show as a mm-hmm. whole. And I think apart from that one episode, the very first, and as you say, first impressions are important, but on the pie chart of the show, it is only that one episode that has really been overly serious uh, in terms of the mystery being solved and the danger uh, to everyone involved, uh, unless am I misremembering? I would... Well, you do recall the end of this episode post credits. Oh yeah, so you did you right? Yes. Well, that's uh huh. Well, th- so but still, in terms of the ratio, uh, the time, the screen time that 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 kind of tone gets, it's still in the minority by a lot, yeah, by a whole lot, yeah. and. Most of the other seven episodes, again, the piece you talked about, notwithstanding, and maybe you could argue like a few Moriarty moments, has been kind of a fun, if scatterbrained, kind of romp. Um, very much seeming to take a lot of detours, like we'll introduce a character, 
like Irene and will be confronted directly at the end of the last episode with her story <clears throat> regarding the uh, USB drive. Um, and mm-hmm. then we'll kind of... With all the scrambled data on the Hey, 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 oh, hey. Oh, oh, oh. But then we'll, we'll go uh, on a detour from that into something else. So the show does like to take its detours. Um, but again, I think I am looking at it now as more of a fun ensemble show that, you know, has some crimes and they are solved. Well, I, I, I can say there are definitely some crimes in this show, but they're on the part of the creators. Hey. hey. Oh, it's too easy to make these jokes. It's just too easy. Uh, I kid, I kid, I kid. But yeah, not not a not a great detective show. But again, I'm and and not not a show that I'm like, oh man, if only they would get back to what they were doing. Like this is supposed to be a serious thing. Like I think at this point we can be like, you know, okay, this is again a fun ensemble romp type show, uh, and the crimes are going to be solved, but. You know, that's not really, you're not, I don't know, it's not meant to be like a detective story in the way that the original Sherlock Holmes was or something like that. It seems Mm -hmm. to be doing a different thing. Um, And I'm okay, I I mean, with with that, maybe that's not the right way to say it. I guess I'm willing to meet it on those terms. And doing that mm-hmm. this episode, and I have a, a number of reasons why, again, that are about the episode itself rather than my own way of viewing it. But looking at the episode that way, um, I had a good time. I thought it was fun. Hmm. On the second rewatch, I liked it more than the first, so I will confess. At the time that I watched this originally, um, all of the stuff involving Emery, the uh, client's Can daughter, I just... Let me just say. Go on. I, I knew that I knew say. this would uh, you'd have a fondness for this, but please go right ahead, my it's good sir. It's Emily. She's called em- Emily. Like the sub, the translation the is, is wrong. Is the- if you listen, Japanese, the I'll- Japanese language when saying Emily will say Emily, and it's going to sound like E M I R I, but. The L and R consonant sounds in our language blend together in the Japanese language. That's why when people talk nice. about English, they say English and not English. Mm. So it's easily, okay. she's called Emily. I don't know why they did not just do that in the subtitles. Fair enough. So from here on out, I'll refer to her by her true name of Claudia. <laughs> right, let's crack on. <laughs> Thank you. Even though she has a Japanese Sorry. mother. Because what was... Her mother, I think, has a Japanese. But all of the people in this in this fucking show, it's like, like it's like that classic trope on TV tropes. Like it's like Jim, Bob, and Eric. Like you just start blending together. You just start blending together. Milverton, Caucasian names, and Emily. Yeah, Milverton, Milverton. What a great name, Milverton. Oh my god! Oh Jesus Christ! So okay, um, I like I like that stuff a lot more with Emily. This time around, I think I realized why. Because this entire episode, through two different characters, one of which being Emily and the other being Irene, is mostly about dunking on Sherlock. And given how much of a prick he's been previously, (laughs) 
I, it was it was worth giving him a dressing down. Like this is the thing that I've alluded to in the past about the idea of Sherlock as a character in that they can go too far into a kind of like vicarious wokeness, shall we say, of look at how smart this character is. I'm going to be as smart as they are and prove that everyone's a moron except for me. But that is firstly very toxic and secondly it doesn't make for interesting storytelling. I could not give two shits about a character who solves everything with no trouble whatsoever and spends like a good third of the runtime of whatever work they're in explaining how they solved it in a very condescending manner. I don't care for that. And okay, that is part, still part of the conceit of Sherlock, but there's a question of how far you take it that is an issue that I have uh, with certain adaptations of the work. Like, for example, the Benedict Cumberbatch one that you and I have lambasted so many times. So seeing the Sherlock like getting taken down a peg, like that's actually something I think the show's done well, where it's built him up to this point where we've seen him being that smug prick that he is, you know, like showing off how he knows stuff. And then we've had moments like with Lucy, for example, and then with Irene in this one, where they actually then play against that and use it for good comedy by showing, oh, you know, this overblown, overwrought, overacted Rakugo nonsense that you're using to explain the crime and the mystery. No, we've already figured it out. You're slowing things down, you know, catch up, Shirley. Wakey, wakey. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate the jokes that happened with um, Emily and Sherlock as well, but also the surprisingly like cheery and light-hearted and very warm way in which he actually ends up looking after in the end by giving her um, his Rakugo figure that he's meticulously assembled himself. Now, of course, he's too you know proud to admit that he did it because he might actually like her a little bit. Because he has that like smirk on his face, and like, <laughs> right, whatever. Yeah. Feelings are for losers. <laughs> um, but he still does that, and you. And as the show is again well established, like the Rakugo thing for Sherlock isn't just a gimmick to like do a different way of explaining the mystery after the fact. It also serves as a defining part of his character, which I will definitely credit the show for. That it's not just we're putting this in for a gimmick necessarily, but we're going to make it a part of who he is. And so with how, for example, in the previous episode, he was willing to go so far for a baseball card of the equivalent thereof of one of his favorite Racco performers to see him give away that thing that he more than likely bought for himself to uh, Emily. There are shades to this character. He's not always a complete tosser. They, they finally, so who knows where they might go with that? Yeah, they finally took a second to humanize him in an endearing way rather than a like eye-rolly way. Because like... I think he's been sort of we we've seen that he's a bit childlike before, like when he like you said he gets gleeful over the Rakugo card. It's like oh he's he's like a kid in a lot of ways. He doesn't clean his room and he obsesses over his toys. Um, but I still found that annoying. Where um, the stuff with Emily was nice because you know you have this child, this man child, uh, sort of pitted against this actual child who wins in the end you know, <laughs> because mm-hmm. she's a real child. Um, and she throws his weird, like, chocolate rice back at him. And, um, and yeah, like you... Calling out what we've always <laughs> said, like, feeling almost like she's got the audience perspective yes. that this is weird and stupid and you shouldn't <laughs> do, do this. <laughs> and, yeah, they kind of yeah. came together at the end and, and had a a nice, warm, as you said, relationship and... You know, I mean, if they do this a little bit more, maybe I'll actually like Sherlock. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but I appreciated this. And I appreciated, like, it sort of served a dual purpose for me, where it it 
did the humanizing thing and it also got him off screen um and the the episode was more about irene which can we get case file 222 uh kabukicho irene please i'll take this show i want more of that yeah i would agree i i would agree so i i just have a quick question to ask you though like did it seem to you like that this episode was a bit contrived in a sense though because the reason that emily ends up with sherlock is because her mother uh, ends up falling ill uh, at the at the mm-hmm. bar but the thing that gets me though is that sherlock is seen leaving surely the others are only like minutes ahead at most get watson back he's a doctor don't take it to the hospital and leave the kid alone when you know full well that her husband is like out trying to get her back oh c- completely i think this was such an obvious play like putting those two together it it contrived is the right word um it's still it did its uh, job yeah. um but it definitely was a little hacky. Yeah, I think that, you know, when again, when you have a mystery show which demands your attention, you might want to make sure that there aren't plot holes you could drive a London double-decker bus through. Just saying. I mean, if there had been, for example, an establishing shot that showed that, like, Sherlock had been there for a solid hour after they had left, uh, somehow, <laughs> I don't know how you'd necessarily done that, that'd have been fine. But that, like, it was just happened so quickly. I was like, wait, Watson's literally just out the door. Bring it back. He is literally a doctor. Having, you know, sort this shit out. <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. And the funny thing is, now that the more I'm thinking about this episode, the more positive I do feel about it. Admittedly, it is still relying a bit too much on crude humor for my taste. Now, yeah. I admit, I have a potty mouth and I have an incredibly dirty mind. So I'm not one to necessarily cast shade on this show for, you know, having that. But... For me, often good humor is, again, one where you, like with Sherlock himself, you build this concept up and then you tear it down, as opposed to relying on cheap yucks. Like, oh, look, he, you know, uh, Kobayashi got an itchy crotch last time. It's funny when people have itchy crotches. I'm like, that's like, that's like drawing from the, you know, dictionary of comedy, if you will. Like, anyone can do that. But not every show can actively build it of a work of fiction, actually, can build its own comedy uh, from its own like characters and situations by, you know, carefully putting them together. To me, like, you know, a good dick joke every now and again can be amusing, but you don't want to have all of it all the time. <laughs> Unless you're the show, I guess. Yeah, you... Mul- yeah, multiple characters uh, of the, the way... show, like, were only interested in getting off screen and fapping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, Kobayashi, like, he recovered very quickly from his uh, crotch rot. It's true. Like, it, this this was like the day before. <laughs> I guess it was, and, right? And I mean, all we know as far as the time in the show was that this episode takes place six months after episode one. As far as, like, the time between each episode is unclear. So, I don't know, maybe it's, like, a month later. Who? who oh, wait, I, no, I'm you're like, right. You're, no, no, that, I'm totally wrong because this is a continuation of episode seven and yep. that had happened last episode. So I'm just super wrong. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a question for you, by the way, doc, uh, just as a small point, how do you feel about the fact that the, the Irene said that, you know, uh, Oh, I, I was, I kind of don't know the password. I was going to decrypt it. Good luck with that. And then the whole egg like thing basically gets a, abandoned or at least not revealed at this particular point. Creates the show at least for, you know, not ending on, forgetting about it entirely but having god how strange is it gonna be when i'm gonna say that i'm actually glad jack is back <laughs> it's weird like it's weird to say that and i say that only more because 
I would have been incredibly, incredibly annoyed if this episode had ended with the egg-like USB drive being forgotten mm-hmm. about for a yeah. while, or even entirely. Because that was like our cliffhanger, so you'd think there'd be some payoffs with this time around. Well, here's... And there isn't. Right. And I mentioned uh, earlier that the show likes to detour, and this is um, a prototypical kind of instance of it. So I have the mysteries of the show in my head separated into three tiers. So the tier one mysteries of the show are the big um, the, the big ones, the overarching ones that are to do with the world and also Jack the Ripper. Uh, so I would include Jack the Ripper and the wall. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say immediately that I think these two are connected because I'm sorry, but like, Probably, you know, with Irene's friend dying like literally minutes after Irene meets her, and then like we want the egg back, Jack the Ripper's after you. The egg relates to Ward Mayor Morin. Morin, of course, will be responsible for the maintenance of the wall. There's no way on God's green earth that this is not related. Like, I don't even need to be Sherlock to put the pins together mm-hmm. for this one. I think so too. So, Jack the Ripper, Jack the Ripper, and the wall and the egg are functionally the same mystery okay. to me. Well, I the, would agree. the egg. I would I would actually was going to put that in the second tier because it is related to it or at when it's introduced it's to a specific character um and I would also put John's mystery um on that second tier um because they're in the oh John definitely has a he definitely has a mystery like what his personality is and whether or not he's got a brain <laughs> of course of that skull. but you know what I mean like his um I'm trying to track down Sherlock and for this reason that he won't listen to. Obviously, six months right, later, I, he's still a maid. Uh, but like, I, I think you and I realize, and most people probably assume that they're connected. These two tiers, um, all four of these probably, but the show is treating them functionally as different. So I'm going to as well. So like I said, tier one, wall, Jack the Ripper, tier two, specific character ones um irene's usb drive watson's mystery mystery and then the third tier is cases that aren't to do with the main cast of characters they're just ones that get Mm -hmm. thrown in the lap and the show does like to when it establishes uh or or sort of tiptoes up to a tier one or tier two mystery divert us into the tier below um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're talking about the egg. We're talking about the USB drive. Boom. We, we don't get to sort of confront that head on, you know, Irene leaves. We go in, uh, to the pipe cat. She's dressed as a barmaid. Very nice, by the way. Um, and then we get, uh, this new case. So we're diverted for a while. The show just really loves to do that. And I can definitely see it annoying people but like you were saying um I th- or i think you were gonna get to saying by the end of the episode once we've wrapped up uh this kind of tier three mystery with milverton and emily uh we see for the first time explicitly that a tier two mystery the usb drive is connected to a tier one mystery jack the ripper so we've we've tied them back together the, there were two things that we were like one in the immediate term with Irene and the other, the entire episode, Jack the Ripper, that are brought back around here at the end. Um, 
So I'm glad it happened, but I can definitely see um, someone going only now, eight episodes later. Did you? I, I, here's the thing. I'm split brain on this. I feel both ways. On the one hand, I'm glad they didn't forget it because it would have been worse, of course, if they had just completely abandoned the Jack the Ripper plot, which up until this episode, I was not entirely convinced wouldn't mm-hmm. happen. But on the other hand, eight episodes with no background reference or even hints that they're still around. Like, I'm not even saying that Jack the Ripper needed to necessarily do some ripping, if you follow <laughs> my meaning. But it would have been nice to have some hints that, you know, like, okay, I could go get him now. Like, oh, no, don't do that. Like, I don't know, just put some scenes in where we realize that he's still around, but he's being on a leap, on a leash of sorts. Wasn't there will. a news report in the background of one episode? I mean, not. I'm not saying that's sufficient. That was this episode. Was it? I thought it was an earlier that one, like episode three or something, but I could be wrong. Oh, there was one there as well, but they, they were only really mentioning like that Jack the Ripper exists, uh-huh. but it's in like months. Yeah. As opposed to like actually, I don't know, having a scene of Jack the Ripper themselves, whoever they are, like talking to someone in a like I'm just making shit up here basically, but I mean just have scenes that like remind us directly rather than through, you know, Expedition News Network, yeah. ENN, that um he's still around and that there's a reason that he's not killing anyone right now. That would make for some intrigue, actually, because Jack the Ripper is, in history was someone who just basically murdered for the jollies of it, whereas Jack the Ripper here is clearly a tool of the local government. So you can then think, hmm, there's a difference here. I wonder what that might mean. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You you would uh, think that they're, like it would be pretty easy to, like you said, have a scene of one of the characters walking by you know, a shop with a bunch of TVs in the window and let the character walk out of the shop but the camera linger on the TV show where they're like, just for a second, where people are debating, you know, news people having a debate about Jack. Yeah, I'm sure that you and I have watched a ton of anime or even just live action TV that does this in so many different ways. So I think it would behoove the show like to try and take the heat off ahead of time, if you will, from people who rightly think, well, they're pulling this back out. No, like the writers just had a panic attack. Like, wait, we roll about Jack the Ripper in this, and it's been how many episodes? Right. Oh, <laughs> fuck me. I, I Having said, I am glad that they smuggled it in on the back of Irene's personal mystery rather than um, it c- coming out of the blue. Um, I mean, I guess that would have been fine too, but I just like this better. It, it just feels better. Yeah, I the two for one. I agree because because the thing is right. You might recall, folks, I complained way back in episode one that Lestrade's sister was murdered. And his reaction was, oh no. <laughs> you know, like, like like he just found out, for example, that he hadn't won the lottery. Right, right. Oh no, I, I didn't win. Like, I still don't get, I still can't get over that and I probably never will. It's too late, I think, now for us to, unless Lestrade is in, I, I don't know, maybe they can pull something out of their asses with this one. But to give context, like, it's Irene's friend who is murdered by Jack the Ripper to get to Irene. So this is now personal. And that's a good thing. Taking it from being just an abstract, like, you know, oh, this... I mean, obviously we should care about, like, you know, this per- these people were murdered by this person anyway, which is something I, again, said the show should have done from the beginning, given the nature of the people who were killed, as well as the nature of the town they live in. But at least we now also get the escalation of that to a personal conflict rather than simply being a, you know, this is the community I live in one, a communal issue, if you will. So that is also welcome. 
I have a question for you, Doc, again, though, because this is another plot hole. Why did Irene simply try to go back to France again? Why did she end up working at the bar to begin with? What stopped, what was stopping her from leaving to go and enact her original plan? Well, I don't know. I mean, I can only speculate because I don't think we're given a clear answer to this, but I don't know, maybe since Sherlock figured out what she was trying to do and her motivations, she just was thinking, well, I could let someone else do the heavy lifting here. Um, but that, if that's the case, then I don't know. Um, do you think it uh, takes away from the urgency of the situation that she's not trying to, pardon the pun, scramble back to France to uh, um, decrypt this thing? Yeah, I mean, she was nearly, you know, mm-hmm. killed. Like, so maybe we don't forget about that. You know, oh, oh, maybe, maybe the attempt on her life made her feel vulnerable to the point. Because I mean, she's awesome and is smart and everything like that, but she's not invincible as we've seen. Maybe she just felt vulnerable to the point where, you know, maybe it's just safer to stay with Sherlock and he can help me. I mean, because at that point, she knows she's in... I mean, she might have even been lying from the off, right, to him. Like, I was just going to go back to France. Because as she's sitting here telling him that, she knows that someone wants her dead. And she knows Jack the Ripper is involved, I'm pretty sure. And so maybe that's just the front on her part. Um, And she wants the sort of added protection and comfort of this group. And know she needs their help to figure some stuff out eventually. I do hope that they address that. And, and similarly, though, I, I do question if they will because of one reason. I mean, again, we are in a you know house of detectives here. So why do none of them ask her that obvious question? This is a thing that I've said a lot <clears> in, a, in much of the criticism I've done of anime over the time that I've been doing Warrior Death Show, which is that so many things that I bitch about, which I think are problems in the show, you can immediately turn into a strength of the writing by actually having the characters in universe point them out. Now, that doesn't always work necessarily. You have to do it correctly. You can't simply just have someone go, hey, why are you not in Paris? And then Irene just walks away. We need something more than that. But that's what I'm saying. This is not only a, a plot hole in of itself, but it's a missed opportunity to develop this into something more. Now, it's not a deal breaker, to be honest. I'm not, like, completely, you know, like, done with the show or anything like that. Not even close. But I just think that, you know, it for all that there was good character stuff in this episode, I think that, again, for a mystery show, or what at least contains mysteries, they really are dropping the ball on some of the finer points Yeah, here. I think to call that a plot hole is might be a little strong but it is a kind of thread that they've left dangling it would be nice to have that information yeah or even as i say just to have you know someone points it out and then in which point she can even just be like very coy about it right like you know that i that i can't go because or say i can't go because i'm being watched blah 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 blah, etc etc so yeah um all right so I have another talking point I want to throw out here, which is something that I need to ask you first. And this, again, is something the show has not explained, but I'm actually going to take this as a positive thing. Do the clients actually pay the pipe bar 
to go and investigate these crimes or, you know, do these assignments. <laughs> because in this episode... No, no, here's it's the thing, question. right? Because in this episode, in this episode, when um, Emily's mother arrives, I've already forgotten her name. It's, I, so I don't remember. Uh, it's mom. You're right. So when mom arrives, um, you know, she explains the situation and uh, Mrs. Hudson says, this is S rank, 1 million yen, no bonus there and then. There's no, at least as presented visual demonstration of money exchanging hands certainly not a million yen i mean this lady in question after all is she says as part of a backstory that she doesn't have much money so i can't imagine her ponying up a million yen to give to mrs hudson to pay the winning detective so if i may flashback to when i complained about this show's conception and how it seems to be missing the old opportunity to show why the pipe bar exists to begin with because the state can't or won't help the people who come to it, such as in the case, uh, for example, of um, the workers for, uh, who came previously or indeed the mother here because the mother, you know, the state will take away her kid because of her health issues, even though it's, well, I don't know how much more obvious you could get that her father is a man who needs to be shot into the sun. So... It's clear that, you know, on the, the paper, like, you can understand, hey, you know what, mother's not very well, it's going to end badly, but, you know, the state cannot and will not protect her kid from her, at the real threat, which is her father being a fucking, like, sec, like human trafficker, basically. So, why am I bringing all this up? Because I have to wonder if, basically, Mrs. Hudson is doing this for free to kind of serve as a substitute mm. for the state involvement, the very thing that I said wasn't happening, or at least that it should be addressing to begin with. And I think maybe it was perhaps been there, again, I'm assuming because there's no outright stated, uh, you know, background details to this, maybe we will get that in a future episode. But that does seem to be what's happening here. Yeah. And if so, if so, you know what? Good on the show for doing that. Yeah, that could be, that could be really interesting, right? Um, originally, I was sort of suspicious about this too, and it made me think that mom was kind of in on the nefariousness that she was trying to put one over on the detectives or something like that. Um, I just sort of didn't buy some of the things that ended up being true, I guess, because like you said, how could she afford the detective agency? How could she afford to pay off the doctor? That couldn't have been cheap. I mean, he's a doctor, and... Yeah, and that, and that only had to have happened relatively recently. Yeah. So if she did have the money to pay off the doctor, having a million yen going spare to hand over to Mrs. Hudson to have them then, you know, destroy the original record. Doubtful, Yeah, I, I like your but, theory, though. I think they could slowly reveal that over time or, or come yeah. back to it. I, I hope so, because as I say, like, the... The thing that I think that Sherlock should be doing as a show is to embrace the Kabuchko side of it, which is to you know, use the town's unique, like, um, aspects, the way, you know, people live in it, the it's, you know, red light districts element, the sex worker element, like, bring these elements in and make full use of them to address actual problems. Because, as I've said before, and as as was addressed far more eloquently than I ever will in Ollie Fawn's video about sex work, you know, sex work is often a, a profession that is, you know, the subjects of intense police violence. So, it makes sense, just even looking at the show conceptually, why something like the pipe bar would exist. Because it would help people out who cannot turn to state help or aid 
you know, to get them out of a jam. Or where if they did, it would result in, you know, things. I mean, the the cops are corrupt. Like, uh, Milverton himself says he buys them off. There's plenty of background evidence in the show to suggest that the authorities simply cannot be trusted to help the regular people of Kabuki Show. Never mind the fact that they seem to be behind a giant wall for <laughs> reasons. So this is the point though, like, I am admittedly stretching here and it is only merely a theory. I really hope we get some expansion on it because I think that's the direction the show still has time yeah. to go in and it will give it a lot more meat and make it a lot more interesting. It's as I said though, like, why set it in Kabuki Show if you're not going to do anything with the actual location or the people that live in it? There's a lot of unique opportunities afforded by setting in a kind of noir setting like this. But as it stands at the moment, apart from certain elements, you could probably transplant this to any city in Tokyo and I would, or Ward, and I would probably not notice. Totally, yeah. I mean, uh, barring I, one or two things, I mean, there there is some nightlife they partake in that is probably confined to um, those areas in Japan. But in terms mm-hmm. of like uh, being a dangerous area, you know, it's 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 less that and more like um, it's just Vegas esque. Um, but but I do <laughs> I love love the shit out of this idea, you know, that Pipe Bar is like independently wealthy group um, paying detectives uh, and incentivizing them to help uh, people who can't turn to the state because the state is bad. Like I, I love fucking so all about this idea and I really hope it gets made explicit. I hope it's real a, a thing. Um, yeah, I'm into that. Let's go, baby. Yeah, and indeed, that actually then would make it gel with the original Holmes works because oftentimes that was the case too, where the state couldn't or wouldn't help in certain investigations or where the police had failed because they couldn't go far enough. Um, heck, I mean, the very story in which Irene Adler was introduced was where the state was actively working against her. Mm-hmm. You know, Sherlock was the bad mm-hmm. guy. As was was in the previous episode, the state is not your friend. So, build on that. Do something with it. Embrace the colourful nature of the town that you've set this in and its seedier underbelly and all of the things that would organically sprout from that as a result, like the need for private detectives who will, you know, you can call in a jam because the police can't or won't help you. It's all right there. And now I'm actually getting annoyed the more I think about it because I wanted to because I wanted to start doing more with this concept, but that's uh, you know something we will hopefully see as we mm-hmm. go along. Maybe I think if we're ever going to find anything out about Pipe Bar's origins and like why the system is the way it is, it's probably have to wait for the Mrs. Hudson origin story. And oh. well, we'll see what happens when that comes. <laughs> yeah, around. that's um. Oh boy, that's going to be is a thing. Like, you don't know if you want that or you don't want that. <laughs> I, I'm i going to also say I really did not care for Watson's look when Mrs. Hudson said it was that time of the month and why she had Oh, pain. I didn't see that. I missed that. What was his... He, crin- he cringed oh, at it. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Kabuki Sherlock. You were doing fine, you know. You, you got the transphobe in the writer's room out and you'd sent him off to the pub for a couple of days or, you know, maybe lo- abandoned him in the mountains. But he's found his way <laughs> back now. You don't have to let him keep writing for you. You can just, you know, fire him or, you know, punch him in the face. Maybe do both. 
you know, why not both as the common oh, instant refrain both? goes. Right. Yeah, and I guess like if you were really sort of like gripey about uh, well that's no, that's an uncharitable way to put it cuz the gripe is legitimate. Um if you were well, it's like the dick jokes. It's just, you know, playing to the common dictionary, except it's not, like, puerile hu- bodily humor. It's transphobic Right, humor. I mean... Because trans people are weird and unusual, apparently, yeah, supposedly. Yeah, no, you're, and in your case... I was going to pick another example, but I think, in, no, in the case you're bringing up, that's, that is accurate and um, annoying. But I was going to say, as well, like, if you were really, um, I don't know, focused on this aspect of the show maybe you could also say um was her name agatha um Uh, you know we find out that she uh is a trans person that is her kind of big secret that got leaked to the tabloids Mm -hmm. and they the show just kind of does this thing where everyone that's uh a trans woman has still these masculine features it's like the show is saying like don't forget they're they're still men you know what i mean like they were born men and they can't get away from the madness because she has a very sort of angular like square jaw um that is like a sort of when you're doing anime you know what i mean when you're not just filming a person when you're doing anime you could just not do that you know, that's an intentional yeah, thing. You really, you really could. Or, if I may offer a counter-argument or a counter-suggestion, here's a novel idea for you folks. If you want to write a show involving LGBTQ plus people, why not have, oh, and man. I know this is going to sound oh, crazy, don't... an LGBTQ plus person on your writing staff or as someone whoa, to consult whoa, with? Whoa, 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 whoa. That is completely beyond the bounds of reason. That's... I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you... I'm actually going to put £20 on my computer desk now. I'm going to bet you there is not a single trans person on the writing staff of Kabuchko Sherlock. I'm willing to bet you Miss Hudson is entirely a creation of a straight person or a cishet person. Now, hold up, you might say. That's a bit unfair. And you know what? It probably is because that does not mean, you know, that cishet people shouldn't write about trans people or, you know, other groups. We don't gain anything from, like, barring ourselves from writing about characters, you know, who may not necessarily share common attributes with ourselves. Otherwise, you know, I'll only books I ever would write about bald cishet, <laughs> you know, outright looking no. motherfuckers, which no. is not what, which is not what anyone wants. It doesn't. It's no, not. No, you're just saying. So you're, I'm not you're saying, just saying that the handling of the characters does not indicate or doesn't um, lead you to suspect that someone who has personally informed and has, you know, firsthand experience with those life issues is on the staff. It feels like careless and it feels um, very uh, flippant. And like you said, leaning on stereotypes. Yep. I mean, do I have to bring up Hannah from Tokyo Godfathers again as how that was handled infinitely better in an arguably the same setting? Yep. Because Hannah works at a club much similar, you know, much the same as Pipecat. I'm just saying. Now, I'm not going to harp on Miss Sudson too much anymore because it's only a minor part of the episode. But as I say, like, I think that it speaks to a lot of the problems I have with Kabuto Show Shop, which is that it's got so much potential behind it, but there's very little investment in trying to draw that potential out in a lot of respects the mysteries, the characters. 
even the good ones, like with Lucy, like I feel still could have been done better, or at least the cat kind of works being better elsewhere. Huh. Okay. Do you have any other talking points, Doc? Only that the way that Sherlock falls unconscious, that's a pretty top tier way to go unconscious. I could think of <laughs> I could think of quite a few uh worse ways. How did Irene how did how did Irene's breasts start moving on their own? Were they spring loaded? What was she? Was she a fembot? <laughs> Is she a fembot? What was she doing? She was leaning forward, right? To yeah, but they were moving somehow as <laughs> well. A, here's a question. Okay, have you <laughs> have, have you heard of the the Buddhist sort of riddle? Um, not Buddhist. Uh, is it Buddhist? I can't remember. But there's an Eastern uh, sort of you're supposed to like think about to achieve enlightenment. Um, Zen, I think is maybe the word I'm looking for. Uh, what's the sound of one hand clapping? You heard? Oh, my, yes. My, yes I, have. I have an analogous question. What is the sound of one breast, breast nope, clapping? Nope. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else then, but that doesn't help either. Because it just makes me like, I'm wondering about, now I'm wondering about this in all <laughs> anime, the sound effect. Like, how do they achieve the sound effect? There's no way, like, it's an actual lady. So they did they just, like, have a... They fold, they folded, they sold, they folded someone, like, throwing around, like, a chicken breast or something <laughs> like Just plop, oh, plopping a piece, piece of, of meat of, onto uh, a... I was thinking that they, like, gently, like, plopped a fish down on a soft surface. <laughs> something like, something like that. <laughs> it's just it hilarious. Really like, why are me. they... D- amazing. That's yeah. an amazing... I need because, to know how they do that. Because boobs, of course, you know, they are exactly the same as stuff that you buy at the uh, local butchers. Totally. Totally. Uh, uh, by the way, I don't know if this is true or not. It probably isn't, but this is going to be my headcanon. So Sherlock is reciting something <laughs> uh, in the in the tanning booth when he and Irene are stuck in there trying to hide from Milverton, who has uh, come after them. Uh, or rather, he's just gone into his room and they have us be hiding in it. And I don't know what he's reciting. It seems to be the names or something. I feel almost ninety percent certain, or if I'm not, if I'm completely wrong, then it's still my head cannon that he is reciting the list of Japanese railway stations that are used often as a meme in Metal Gear Solid, like when Colonel Campbell in Metal Gear Solid Two loses his wow. shit and starts saying them back to back, you know, all over and over again. Again, I'm probably. Completely wrong. If I had to make a more serious guess, I'm going to assume that they're the names of famous <laughs> Rakugo actors. Uh-huh. That, to me, seems like a much more reasonable bet. But to me, it just felt like that. Maybe the stations are um, named after Rakugo actors. Pass. Who can say? So, yeah, I, I don't really have much else to add about this episode. Like, I suppose I could just state that we are again in uncharted territory here with Irene Adler, much as we are with any other adaptation of her pretty much ever, because if this were faithful in a sense to the original material, uh, she would have gone on the plane to Paris and that would have been the last we'd ever see of her because that's kind of what happens in the original book. But she is a popular character and I was before, I'm not against her being expanded um, into, you know, a more fleshed out character with more returning appearances than the original works. I'd rather, as I say, have a work that adapts something even as, you know, famous and, you know, universally well-known and beloved as the Sherlock mythos. I'd rather that, you know, you do something new of it rather than necessarily sticking to the letter of it, unless you are very explicitly doing a period piece for it. And if you're not doing a period piece, 
then you've already made the first step of, of moving away from it as it was canonically uh, created. So do mm-hmm. more of it. And that's fine. I think that like with Sherlock, you know, being sometimes over exaggerated in his attributes to make him like an avatar of wokeness for people to project onto. The problem that I often find with Irene's inclusions in a lot of other media is that they seem to forget or downplay the thing that made her appealing to begin with in the original work, which was the fact that she outfoxed Sherlock. Because you can't have an avatar of wokeness and someone who then completely and utterly trounces said avatar of wokeness in the same show. They're not or work. They're not compatible. I would argue. Why can't you? Why can't unless you have that's that? your? Well, when I say avatar of wokeness, I mean. As in one who is never ever to be then torn I down. I see. <sighs> Which is the Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, um, I don't, and Sherlock. I don't. You know, as much as I am not a fan of the character up to this point, um, I don't think he's been presented as infallible and someone who will never be gainsaid, like. I think he and Irene, if I had to make a bet, will kind of go back and forth and sort of there will be moments where she is clearly ahead of him and there will be moments where he is ahead of her. Um, And I think we see that this episode. Um, She like sort of has deduced uh, the pool is where they need to go and she knows where the box is Um, and Sherlock doesn't know that stuff. But then we see at the end of the episode, Sherlock, you know, is ahead again because he's like, um, yep, you got you got this thing. I already know what it is before you open it up. It's your friend's ear and Jack the Ripper wants you dead. So I think they both are going to like one up the other back and forth. I would be OK with that. It would just then depend on how Sherlock in particular then handles it, because if he starts preening and smugging <laughs> over it. Right. Then he would become insufferable. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what I'm here no. for. A battle of wits between two characters can be very engaging to watch. Again, provided that, you know, when the battle is over, we don't spend too much time, you know, gloating. <laughs> so I'm okay with that. And indeed, I'm actually okay with Irene as presented thus far Heck in yeah. general. She's certainly, you know, like got her own smarts. She knows what she's doing. And she's now got a personal stake in the show, which to me is actually probably more of a personal stake that I care about than whatever is happening with Watson at the very least. His has been so background at this point, it's basically become like the uh, the wallpaper. So I'm totally cool with this adaptation of Iron Does Far. And okay, yeah, we, we can't pretend that there wasn't a bit of fan service for in this. Let's not lie here. That was going to work. But it was actually... going to work for some people and... For those that works, oh, yeah. it works, and, and it's going to bother other people. But the thing for me is that I was actually pleasantly surprised that it was restrained as it was, relatively mm. speaking. Which, I mean, I, I had actually said on this podcast previously, I could not imagine what an adaptation of her would look like in this show, given we were speculating if she would appear at all. But as it stands right now, I'm pretty much on board with it. I'm actually surprised at the restraint that they showed with And it. I honestly, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just biased on the side of being okay being oh, okay oh, with the fan service. But, like, I, I, I don't think it, it was, like, bad. I don't think it was, like, distracting. Like, I think 
No, it yeah, was fine. I think like so you could. I could see someone making the complaint. You know, all oh, the fan service like it took away from. But I think like the show did a lot of things. Like if you were supposed to be like, oh man, Sherlock is in so much danger. They're both in such a dangerous situation. Like there's like more the show could have done apart from the fans are like it, it it commits a lot of sins if you want to call it that to to taking the tone to a lighter place and also right before we we got the you know boob in the face uh and Irene in the pool the the wet the the wet like, chicken you get like full nudity of Watson beefcake Watson and you got Sherlock walking around with like barely anything on, and then you have like I, the I, I all the uh, weird ass <laughs> like trans humor. That like that's uh, like the, the more the that's like is... the way more problematic element to me. Oh, oh, for sure. I, I, look, when I point out that like there was fan service, that's not for me to immediately start like you know clashing two knives together like I'm Gary uh, <laughs> fucking whatever you know. Gordon right. Ramsay, sorry, I meant to say, like, you know, Gordon Ramsay's anime nightmares. But um, what I mean to say is that my fear of how Irene Adler would appear in this work was that her conception as a character would start and end as a function of aesthetics, which mm-hmm. means we're going to make her appeal visually, both in terms of how she looks and how she's framed, and that's going to be about right. it. And there is a little bit of that, um, I will, however, credit the show this when uh, Milverton sees her in disguise when she's supposed to, you know, do the uh, insurance thing that she's pretending mm-hmm. to be. Uh, the camera looks up, down, and up, uh, you know, her. But that's Milverton's gaze, so I appreciate sure. that you know it was doing it that way. Um, the other one, of course, being her in the bikini and like the thing. And hey, I'm not going to lie; she looked very fetching. I'm not a <laughs> fucking monk. I'm not. A, I am not. You know, wearing a chastity belt that you know the size of fucking Uranus, but. I also recognize that there's a reason that's there, and it's there because, hey, we need, you know, the this, this fan service and sex appeal. But and Watson you know what? and Sherlock, and too. Actually, <laughs> if you find Sherlock sexy, you need fucking help. I'm just going to say that out loud. I mean, maybe. Me. I don't know. He's, um, the, the, I could... I could... The man looks like a bonus mackerel with the skin of a human. St- <laughs> there's a, that's, he's a type. He's a, there's a, uh, an appeal there for people who are not into the beefcake Watson. They want a more skinny boy. Uh, or ma- man. I mean, uh, I mean, look, like, I think I'm actually feeling about Irene the same way I felt about Mary in episode five, which was, yeah, like, there's a starting point which conceptually is that they were created like visually for aesthetics to have the fan service in there but they become more than that and that's why i'm okay with it um but i just again want to mention that you know you've got to understand like there's not always going to be entirely about story or character sometimes you gotta self call things for what Mm -hmm. they are but like i say i'm not i'm not massively down on it i'm not down it like i've been in other shows where i thought the fan service was just fucking shit and on top of that, as you say, like in the long scheme of things, compared to the transphobic humor in the show, uh, that is small. Yeah, and again, the boys in the uh, boys' bath, the bathhouse episode, which is an episode that probably should be cut from the show entirely for like plot reasons. But like, you you got that the equal opportunity fan service going on. So listen, I I have so much less of an issue with it, and and Irene in particular does not feel exploited by it. She definitely feels like a character that will use it to her advantage. 
That's true. I might uh, again, like I think that for me, like let's take for example, Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. Fan service of the Wazoo with her, but she uses her sex appeal as part of her charm to get what she wants. And I'm totally cool with it in that case. Like there's a there's a reason for it. Now again, diegetics don't trump you know design, so to speak. But you know we're not entirely clinical about this. We can still enjoy what's on before us for perfectly fair reasons, mm-hmm. as long as we're honest with ourselves about why they are the way they are and understand like and realize what we're being fed by. Yeah, the show. and I also think. And for sorry, the... go ahead. What's well, going on? Uh, no, oh, I was just going to say also like um, I just don't think like penalizing. I don't know, you could go too far and be like, you know, ah, any woman designed this way is clearly bad when it's just how some women look. You know what I mean? Oh, that's not that's not the uh, complaint I have at all. I'm talking mostly about camera and framing. I gotcha. Gotcha. That's I thought you were talking I mean, about character design. I... In no, particular. no, no, no. Character design can, can be a problem. And that was my initial problem with how Mary looks, but then I kind of got over it. Um, but Irene, like, there's nothing wrong with her character. I think she looks great in that f- swimsuit. But I'm talking about, like, the way it's presented to us with, like, the insert mm-hmm. shots of, like, the legs, yes. for example. I'm like, why is this here? That's here because of fan service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've been through this road before, moving, moving on, walking, walking, walking. <laughs> so that's my problem. Like, that's what I'm saying about, like, being conscious of what a show is trying to do. Because that's why it's there, as opposed to trying yeah. to tell a story. Now, again, not saying characters have sexy, blah, 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 <laughs> like I saw like show. Look. look. <laughs> Doing this on, on one and a half but, speed. I really am. I'm going to start talking like faster and faster until I the go The micro really machines, man. <laughs> so all, all I'm saying is I don't, I honestly don't think of it as a big deal. You know, I spoke about it a lot, but I'm just saying that I am actually pleasantly surprised and glad that this show has been as restrained as it has in how it has betrayed her thus far. Because I, I totally envisioned it going all in on mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where it would just become, like, yeah. Bleh. I think that was, like, not unfair of you to assume that. But I agree. I think it's been um, handled uh, quite well. And I'm pleasantly surprised. Not just because, as you say, of the horniness factor. But because, like, there's a lot to her character. Like, she's super enjoyable. And I was, I was super into like following her around this episode and seeing what she's about and how she goes about her job and gets what she wants and how she interacts with Sherlock and uh um let's see checks notes Jonah Kobayashi-san John Wa sorry John oh. Kobayashi-san I I'm gonna I have to give the episode credit as well for that little touch when uh, the camera pans <laughs> left and Kobayashi just ends so it's like you you called <laughs> that was good like that was good that's good humor that's good humor I enjoyed that that's crafty that feels almost like it's channeling a tiny little bit mm-hmm, of Edgar Wright mm-hmm. not entirely not by a long way but it's I can see it in the distance you 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 can get there show you can have good crafted humor that doesn't rely on you you know using bigoted shitty fucking bullshit transphobic crap so maybe more of that and none of that please indeed indeed and having said that i don't really have too much more to add about this episode no i am i am done i have said all i will say although actually i will let's close out with a quick uh oh question here let's let's speculate how likely is it, do you reckon, that Jack the Ripper will not appear or be mentioned oh, in the next episode at all? Don't, don't do this. 
what, what do you do you do you re- what do you reckon? What uh, do you reckon? I I would say that. Oh, okay. Okay. What I want to say is no. What I want to say is they will mention it. <laughs> I knew they will it. mention it and they will continue <laughs> uh with it directly. But given the track record of this show so far, what what I what you have to say based on that evidence they will do is start to talk about it and then uh sidetrack all of us together uh with some other kind of one-off either second tier or third tier mystery you know i don't know maybe mm-hmm. like sherlock's reading a newspaper jack the ripper <laughs> is back and he just pulls down and that's the only <laughs> reference we get or it's like just a flat you know I'm or right. it's just a flashback episode for no reason you know what i mean it's like the life of Mrs. Hudson from when she was small up to the present. When mm-hmm. it, it just feels like something the show. Wait, 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 oh, oh, do you, do you mean when she knew Jack the Nipper? <laughs> oh man, I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> oh, Jack the Nipper. Right, all right. On that note, folks, when let's captain out the football episode. team in school, was he Jack the Gipper? When he was a fish in a former life, was he Jack the Kipper? <laughs> We're done. We're, let's fucking call it. Let's call it a night. This show is right in our brains. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, thank you, everyone, um, for listening to our podcast or what could probably be an hour long of us losing our complete marbles. But um, if you are catching this publicly after it's been released from Patreon Prison and you would like to get involved on the week-to-week discussion of Computer Show Sherlock as well as other things such as helping us decide future shows to cover both me and Doc and individually, uh, getting access to early numbered episodes, getting access to our Discord, all sorts of great benefits like that, do feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash warriedesho. Uh, that is as little as $2 a month, up to $5 maximum to get yourself the full package. There's plenty of great stuff there, including our currently airing uh, Studio Ghibli Christmas mm. specials. Uh, the next of which will be recorded tomorrow, at uh, this time I'm recording this right, uh, right now, that is, uh, on Princess Monoke to accompany uh, Princess Kaguya and Laps of Castle yeah. in the Sky. Plenty of great stuff yeah, coming Kaguya out. Kaguya will here. be released tomorrow. And... Indeed, to, it will to, be to That's patrons. You're right, and it, those will be coming out publicly uh, later this month. But be a patron, get get on those get on those giveaways early. Absolutely. So. On top of that, though, if you are listening to this publicly and maybe you don't have the dime or the call or the coin to spare to contribute to us. We're totally cool with that as well. You're awesome anyway. What we would like, if you have the time, though, is to just, you know, give us a like and a subscribe on the service you find us on, be it iTunes, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, and so forth. It just helps with our discoverability, you know, and we do definitely want to keep making more and more content for people. So your appreciation support is always, always welcome. And, of course, if you have any constructive feedback, you're more than welcome to send it our way as well at Warridesho on Twitter or at Warridesho at gmail.com. So, yeah, um... Thank you very much to everyone for listening. We'll be back with episode nine of Computer Show Sherlock next week when Jack the Ripper may or may not be back, which, by the way, that's the second Metal Gear Rising reference I've been able to make in the past two weeks relating to anime, one of the of which was to premiere. So go me. Do you think when he's eating chips and salsa, they call him Jack the Dipper? Embrace you for everyone to the ends of the universe and a very good night.
Good, Good night. night. Envy.